This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How's everybody doing this wonderful Friday? This is Dr. Vic here and excited to have you here. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, make sure you subscribe and like. Um, if you've been here and been a subscriber and been following us for some time, thank you for your support. I greatly appreciate it. Um, this, this episode, we had a great convo with Becca Ribbing. And her, I just love her, her whole journal called the Clarity Journal. You'll hear me discuss a little bit about that in the beginning, because in the, in the image of it, it's actually the, the Zen Enlightenment logo, which I love this, this symbol. But we, we dive into a lot of things with clarity, how to break through, how to find clarity in our life, how to nurture your hopes and dreams, especially when you want to, you're taking that first jump, what to do, and really just help yourself really become more mindful in the moment to help you thrive. And then why is... What, what does the Clarity Journal really help us with? But to tell you a little bit, before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit about Becca Ribbing. She's the author of the Clarity Journal and has been a coach for over a decade. She's on a mission to help people break out of cycles of uncertainty and struggle that hold them back. She helps women going back and forth with the big, seemingly endless question of what to do next so they can stop going around in circles and finally figure out what they truly want and create the clarity and momentum they crave. We really gel in a lot of ways with this. We dive into how to break up, break out of being stuck, how to really level up in your life and so much more. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Here is Becca Ribbing. Becca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I, I think we're going to gel really well. There's a lot. I love the symbol on your book. I'm assuming, just based on my knowledge, hopefully it's the same, is that the enlightenment symbol, the Zen? Mm-hmm. Um, I yep. see, okay. And I love that symbol so much in so many ways. So much meaning behind that just one little symbol. And it just even seeing it also brings such peace. That's amazing. I, I, I one day I want to take like calligraphy class. I think it's calligraphy where they do the, mm-hmm. the drawing with the black and uh, the ink and stuff just to make those kind of symbols. Cause I just think it's awesome. Yeah. But I digress. So <clears throat> excited to have you on. I want to, as always, my listeners know, I like to get right into things. So I'm kind of, you know, how did you get into what you're doing today? Like, what's your story? Let's, let's hear all about it. So I feel like in retrospect, my story starts when I was probably around 11 years old and I had an experience that I think many kids have. I was being picked up by my grandfather from a friend's house and it was in Chicago. And I don't know that you've ever been to Chicago in the summer, but they're hot and humid. You always think of Chicago as cold, but it was hot, humid, muggy and gross. And I'm pretty sure the air conditioner didn't work in his car. And so I'm sitting there with him. He is cranky. He just got off of work and he's just like going on about how much he doesn't like his job. And finally I ask him like, why don't you get another job? And he looks at me like I'm an idiot. And it's like, well, you don't do that. I'm going to retire in seven years. I am going to be doing this job until then. And then I'll retire and everything will be great. And it was just so clarifying for me. Like, okay, I do not want that. That is not okay. And I think that, you know, we grow, we, you know, we go to school and I, it stuck with me. And so I was out of school and my first job was okay. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the right fit. And I, I, dived into all the self-help stuff, all the like finding my Myers-Briggs type, you know, doing everything that they tell you to do to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And as I was doing that, I think I was so compelled to help everyone else go through, going through that process. Like all of my friends were in that same space. I went to school. I thought I knew everything. Now I'm out of school and I'm realizing I don't quite understand the real world yet. Um, or my place in the real world would be a better way of putting it. And so I just started helping all of them. I helped them get jobs. I helped them move on and to get real, real clarity. And as I was doing that, I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help people not stay stuck, like to get out of being stuck. I love that. That's amazing. And being stuck is something that I think a lot of people have in society today where they kind of like life just leads them that way. And then it's like they get into this pattern, this state of comfort, and it just becomes so comfortable that they don't want to break out of that. Yeah. And I think also there's a missing piece. I don't think we teach kids to break out of it because when you think about it, school is really set up for, you know, you go to school, you have a teacher for a year, you have your classmates for a year. And whether you liked that teacher or disliked that teacher, you were stuck with her for a year or him or her for a year. And then you move on to the next teacher who you may or may not like. And you have very little agency over what your 
you know, what your work life looks like as a kid, like school is your work life. And I think that it teaches us as adults to naturally expect that outside forces are going to change our work life and they don't. And then we get really upset when people at our job don't, you know, appreciate who we are, see our value, give us the promotions we've been looking for. And it's frustrating. And because we don't expect it, because we don't expect ourselves to take control of it, we don't. We let it go on entirely too long. We stay in bad or even toxic environments for entirely too long. And then we get stressed out ourselves. And as you know, like like stress because you're in the wrong place leads to all sorts of other problems in your body. Like, you know, you start snapping at your family. You have a really hard time maintaining relationships. It's just hard all around. And it becomes like a snowball effect. Like you were saying, it just, it starts to work its way through in every fabric of life. Exactly. And so then how does an individual, how does this, how does the journey begin for someone to gain that type of, of clarity within one's life? So I could go back to my grandfather for a second. I think that we have, you know, changed so much about how we view career and life purpose, but at some level we've taken the like 1950s mentality into the present because when we talk about clarity and life purpose, a lot of times when you start really talking to someone, they want to know what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Like they want that clarity to be, you know, 30, 40 years in the future, I know what I'm going to do. And it just doesn't work that way. The jobs in 30 years don't even exist yet. And, and you're constantly growing and changing. No one who's listening to this podcast is happy with the status quo and staying static. So to think that you, at whatever point you are in your life right now, are going to be able to game out the next 20, 30 years it's unrealistic, but it also just sets yourself up for failure because it's a, more of a perfectionist mindset. What you really need to do is recognize that these there are cycles of clarity. Like whatever you choose today is going to be a great challenge for a year, two, three, but eventually you're going to hit another plateau and you're going to want to change it up because even if you find the perfect thing for now, it's not going to be the perfect thing for you in three years. And who knows whether that company is going to have another position for you at that at the time you are ready for it that would be then the next best fit. And so I really caution people to recognize that clarity comes in cycles. And if you can really expect those cycles to come, it becomes a lot easier to deal with them without as much angst, without as much pressure. And it also, you know, it takes away a little bit of that perfectionism because I just need to come up with the right thing for me for right now. And then I will grow with that. And then I'll see where that leads me so that I can grow with the next place. And you just kind of keep leapfrogging over. Yeah. I think sometimes as a child, you, <clears throat> some of like the, the movies you watch, like happily ever after, right? Everyone's always mm-hmm. happily ever after. And it's like, you just get to that point and then everything is just good. And yeah. And, and I used to have that type of mentality about life, business, success. Like once you get to a certain point, 
you're good. You don't, you mean, it's not, everything just gets easier and it's all good and set in stone. You don't have to work as hard and all this stuff. And um, until you get there, then you're like, uh, yeah, no, this is going to be continuing. I don't stop here. This is continue. <laughs> I got to continue doing this. Um, I think sometimes it's, it's, it's in, when you, I love how you were sharing like the plateau, right? You, it's going to get to a point where it will plateau and then you, you're going to instill a new change, wanting to make another thing to, to go forth and so forth. Um with that, because life is never designed to be um, stagnant. It's always on a constant mood, constant flux and so forth. Would you, would you agree to that? Exactly. Yep. I think that that is really great. It's part of the human condition <clears throat> to grow and change and morph into something better and greater. I love that. And how does someone know to what, like, is there something that leads them in a certain way? Is there something that you, you kind of know, help people like guide them to know when to, or how to make that shift? How is it? Cause you know, let's say someone's wants to do that. They feel it, but then they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, how do where I begin? How do I start those kind of things? Huh. So I do that in two ways. Um, I wrote the clarity journal and the clarity journal is really designed to help people break through those. I don't knows. And then I can also do that through one-on-one coaching because I think the real problem when you're stuck in that, I don't know, is that you're stuck in this negative mantra. A lot of times when people are unsure of what's next, you'll actually hear it in their voice. They'll go back and forth in a very rote way where they're saying almost exactly the same phrase over and over again. And they're not really pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone to look at solutions in a different way. And I think that's one of the reasons why we naturally start talking to our friends about it. But when we're talking to our friends about it, we're doing that same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you're usually shooting down ideas And so you're not able to really be expansive. And so I wrote the clarity journal because I was in my own space of, I don't know, I had reached a bit of a plateau um, and come out of a pretty bad, like hard cycle with kids and some injuries and stuff. And as I was coming out of that cycle, I had realized I'd like just was stuck. Like I didn't, I'd hit a plateau and I hadn't had energy to move forward. And so then I was feeling pretty bad because I was pretty stuck and I was talking to my friend about it. And as I was talking to her, she was like, Oh my gosh, Becca, you're a coach. What would you tell yourself? And that was so powerful because I was like, I am a coach. I do this literally every day, helping people get through this cycle of stuckness. I very quickly got off the phone with her and just wrote out every prompt I could think of that I use with my clients. And then I went back and started answering some of them. And as I was answering them, I realized how powerful it is simply to be asked the question, simply to like take a question that's outside of your own experience and be able to it gets you, it gets you unstuck. It gets you out of your rote way of thinking about the problem and helps you channel your own inner expansion. I love it. And then the, you said you use questions with that, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah there's like a hundred questions and writing prompts and quotes. I think questions are like the, you know, the, one of the ways to give you that introspect to just start to help the person. Cause 
you know, you hear that you may have heard this a lot. I know I have where, you know, you have the answers all within you, right. And it's all there. You're aware of it. You know, it, it's just, how do you extrapolate that out? How do you create that awareness? How do you get that shifting that focus to be like, here you go. And then all of a sudden it's like a light bulb clicks and you're like, Oh my God, wait a minute. I, I can't believe I was doing that. Or I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And it's always just like, it, it, and that's why I love the power of question to dive deep into that. Right. Well, and I think that we have this innate need to move forward, but we just, we do, we get stuck. And that, that question just helps break us loose. A really good question just gives us that aha moment we're looking for to really shift how we think about it. How does mindfulness come into that? And, you know, that can be in the present and so forth, play a massive role in all this. Yeah, I think when we teach mindfulness in this country, I don't think it's the teacher's fault. I think it's the student's fault. We're so used to trying to get to the brass tacks, the end goal. And the end goal of mindfulness is to, you know, like have no thoughts to like, to be just kind of in the moment. But when you're being taught to meditate, you know, you're taught to sit cross-legged, put your hands on your knees, and you are taught to actually notice everything that's going on. And only once you notice everything that's going on, can you start releasing it? And I think that that noticing is just such a central component to all of this, because as kids, we're really taught to push through, you know, how often, I mean, I say this to my own kids and every time I say it, it makes me cringe and I take it back. And yet I can't stop myself from saying it when they're upset, they'll, I'll be like, Oh, it's okay. And of course what the parent or the teacher means is it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. But the message in the moment is that those feelings aren't real, that you're going to be, that you are okay and you're not. And so I think we've really taught kids how to try to suppress negative emotion, but those negative emotions are so powerful in telling us if we're in the right place. And I get a lot of coaching clients who at the very beginning is like, they want me to tell them how to make a bad situation work. And I can sometimes do that. I mean, sometimes it's pretty easy, actually. But a lot of times, there's just so much bad water, but or um, water under the bridge. I'm trying to remember the the phrase, but there's so much like gunk there that it's easier just to get another job. Like they're not going to promote you anyway. Just move on. And I feel like being able to be mindful about your reactions to things and like where your energy is really helps you gain the strength to recognize bad situations for what they are and decide that it's time to move on or even not so bad situations, be able to recognize before it becomes a bad situation. Like, okay, it's time for me to grow again. This job is not challenging me. I've asked my boss if there's a chance for me to, you know, move departments or I've applied to a couple of things internally and now I'm not getting them. It's time to move on. And I think that that's really important because if you can be like continuously mindful about where you are in life, you're able to express agency over that without getting quite so stuck in the weeds and getting so stuck. Yeah, I love that. And it it is. And it also like being just mindful. Also, you'd be like those answers to 
um, the inner deep depthness of like, you know, let's say you feel stuck in a certain situation with a job and then it's like, okay, when you being mindful of the moment, it could be like, is it, am I ready for that change? Am I ready for, um, is it time to rip the bandaid off? Right. And move on and go back into that state of learning and, and all that and, uh, awareness and triggers and all this fun stuff. So it's one of those things. I love mindfulness and in, in that aspect with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how you bring up being, uh, you know, sharing about like, you know, it's going to be okay where they know you're, it's going to, you're going to be, you're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. I think that's also critical too, because, uh, it, it's, it's one of those, uh, things that, you know, walking, I was at, growing up, I, I know when I have children, it's going to be one of the things I'm going to help them walk through as much as I possibly can. Cause growing up for me, I had the polar opposite. It was more like, oh, you're upset. You're mad. Go, you'll figure it out. Go deal with it. You'll figure it out. Um, and it wasn't anything bad. It's just my parents didn't have the, 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 the evolvedness of, of being able to communicate and, and ask questions and, and, uh, try to go deeper to understand why I was where I was, uh, right. in that kind of perspective. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Here's a word from our sponsor. The last two years have been crazy. We've never experienced anything like it in our lifetimes. We've never experienced such an effect on our mental well-being. Unfortunately, a lot of us have been beaten down by anxiety, stress, and poor sleep due to all the uncertainty in the world. And if you're a working parent, you've had the extra difficulty of keeping your kids occupied 24-7 while trying to work from home, and that's just not an easy task. So if you feel exhausted and burnt out, you're not alone. There are tens of thousands of people in a similar place right now. The question is, what can we do to enhance our mental wellness and recapture our zest for life? One critical thing I'm advising all my family and friends to do is take magnesium breakthrough daily. Here's why. Stress and anxiety deplete your magnesium levels. Low magnesium levels then contribute to more anxiety. It's a vicious cycle. By supplementing with Magnesium Breakthrough, you can break that cycle because you'll be getting seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. Taking Magnesium Breakthrough will help you to experience more energy, stronger bones, healthier blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, reduced muscle cramping, even fewer migraines. And because it supports mental wellness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you finally feel yourself again. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and your energy levels and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, Go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Vic and use Dr. Vic 10 during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. All right, let's get back to this rocking episode. So let's talk a little bit about the Clarity Journal. What is it? Uh, what is it? Because uh, I love how it says, you know, find clarity and momentum you've been searching for. So how does it, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about it, of how this takes you through the journey? Tell me a little bit about, or just tell us a little about what the Clarity Journal is. So the Clarity Journal starts with really taking inventory of what's going well right now. Because I find that when people are stuck, sometimes, you know, they get so focused on the problem, they forget what's going well. And then, you know, they get a job offer or they decide to start a business or whatnot. And they forget that the good things they want to keep with them. And so they move from one situation to a completely different situation and the completely different situation does have good things, but they also lost a lot of the good in the chain that they had before in the change. So I think it's really important to ground yourself in 
taking full picture of where you are now that is positive. And then also taking a full picture of what your strengths are, because we really don't teach our kids about like noticing their own strengths. Um, you know, we've, oh, we've all probably had this experience where when you get a report card and you did well in one class, we did slightly less well in another people will be like, Oh, that's great. You did well in math, but I really need you to focus on writing and bring that grade up. And it's so frustrating to me because in adult life, you know what? You can actually avoid the things that are, that hold you back. You can avoid the or you can start to try to avoid things that are not your strengths and really try to maximize your skills. And I think because our skills come easily to us, sometimes we don't really fully acknowledge the depth of them and how valuable they are to other people. And so I start there and then, you know, we dive into the problem and I'm trying to give a lot of questions that kind of help you like break out of that cycle of how you've been thinking about it and just help you break through to the next step. One of my favorite questions in the Clarity Journal is who do you envy and what does that tell you about yourself? And that's like, it's just, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. sorry, no, I was gonna say, that's a really good question, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it just, it makes you stop and think because, and I chose envy for a reason. Envy is supposedly negative, but it really tells us about who we want to be. You know, who we admire is usually like more societal, like who we think we should admire, like some politician that, you know, whichever party you're in is like some politician that's like, really admired or, you know, someone who's doing really good work in the world, but who we envy is like who we actually want to be like, who we'd like to model our lives around. And if we can come up with enough people that we envy and really explore exactly what it is about their life that we envy, it helps us create a roadmap of how to move forward. I think pretty powerfully, like if you were a writer you don't envy every writer. You envy very specific writers who either have a style you like or have a lifestyle you like. You know, there's just something there that's like really resonating. And it's important to recognize that. I think what you share is something powerful. I do something in a different a little different of a way, but it it it's it's totally the similar process because you're you're seeing what you want to become when you envy someone, you can see it in your eye, you could see that person. And then it starts to, you can develop that view in your mind. And then all of a sudden you, it makes, now you're starting to utilize uh, the more energy you put into that, wherever you focus, energy is going to go, which then it creates your manifestation. Um, right. And it's one of those things where you can cultivate that. And then it becomes, then it's a lot easier. Cause once you get the vision down, you can see that then it's just like, okay, well, what do I have to do? You know, what, what are some things I have to, how do they, what do they do? What are the clues of their success? What are the clues of their life that you're envying? And then it just makes it a lot easier to replicate that in some way, shape or form. Yep. And it also just makes it easier to visualize what it looks like to take those steps because we often get stuck in the middle. Um, you know, I joke, even though we know it's happening, 
when we watch like a sitcom where there, you know, some woman's going through labor, it always happens in the exact same way, right? Like woman has starts having contractions or woman's water breaks. 30 seconds later, she's in the hospital. 30 seconds after that, she's yelling at her husband. And 30 seconds after that, she has a baby in her arms and they're all glowing and smiling. And intellectually, we know that there was like hours in between each stage and that it was messy. But even though we intellectually know that, we still want it to look like it does on TV, or we still want it to look like it does in the articles. And I think we have that with, you know, career path and goals, especially with entrepreneurship. You know, you read a story about someone in like Wired or the New York Times or whatever about someone's success. And there's always like a paragraph or two of, you know, one of their failures, but it's always a paragraph or two. It's always really short. And those failures probably were six months or a year or three years or however long. And we just don't, as a society, seem to value those stories as much. And so it always makes everyone else feel like they're behind because you know, they're stuck in the middle. Like they're stuck, not at the success story. They're stuck in that middle where they can't figure out what they're going to do next or, or, you know, they've hit a plateau and they don't know what's next or it's not going as well. And they don't know what's next. And I think it's really important as a society to really talk about that, that that is not real life and to seek, start seeking out those stories of being, of people being stuck in the middle and how they approached it. Yeah, it's amazing how TV and stuff like that can really program our minds in so many ways to uh, expect something in some way, shape or form, or like you were talking about with the pregnancy and labor and birth and all that. It's just interesting how uh, it, it can play that construct, even though you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to, this is how I want it. But if you keep seeing stuff that shows up repetitively in a certain way, it, it can mold and program your mind to experience the opposite of what you you desire to see. Exactly. Well, and I think that that's happening a lot with social media as well. You know, you see a 30 second or a 60 second TikTok video or not even a video, just like an Instagram photo. And it's like, oh, I want that. And you're not seeing the mess behind it. Oh, it's it's, it's amazing because it's, it's the world we live in nowadays. You know, they say Facebook is fake book, right? Because everyone's just mm-hmm. you look at people's lives and you're like, man, there's something wrong with me. Because look at everyone, they're all happy, they're showing pictures of them in somewhere, or a vacation, or look at the nice little image here, or even a short video or something along the lines. And then in reality, it's like, hold up, there's, 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 there's more behind the scenes. And, and sometimes it's, we have to get away from that to be like, hold on, let me reprogram things here a little bit. Exactly. I think that's one of the cool things about being a coach is everyone tells me their life story and the, and the parts that didn't go well. And so I have a really, I feel like more complete picture of what those stories look like, what the success stories look like, what the being stuck stories look like. And I really sometimes wish we could just have like a channel for all the, this is the bad part. (laughs) So if you're stuck in the bad part, listen to other people who are stuck in the bad parts so that you can like realize you're not alone. Cause I think that's really what happens is you just feel so lonely if you're in 
if you're stuck and you feel like no one else is, or no one else ever has been, even though you know, that's not true because you're not seeing those stories. You don't really, you don't really have access to like, to like the path forward. No. And as a coach, you probably get this too. Sometimes people, when you're coaching, they're like, oh, you just got the right thing to say or whatever it may be. And they're like, see, your life is so together and this and that. And then it's like, hey, yeah, no, I'm the polar opposite. I don't know which time. <laughs> don't let me, don't let any, I'm not, I don't know where I'm portraying that. <laughs> <laughs> Why I wrote the clarity journal was because I was stuck and my friend told me to stop it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. And I think that that's so hard because even when you tell them, and I do, I am very authentic. Like, I am not a perfect person. I get stuck too, because we all get stuck in these cycles and we all have these cycles. And yet it's like, I have people who are constantly like, you look like you have your life all together. I'm like, I have my life together now. I didn't two years ago, (laughs) you know? It's one of the things too, like, it's just like, I love it. I'm the same way with my clients and stuff and, and so forth. And it's just like, you know, I'm human too. Like, I don't have this all, I have it down, but I still have, I still go through the human experience. Like there's still, uh, like when I talk, when I talk about how long I've been meditating or how clients have been with me for a long period of time, they're just like, you're always level-headed. You're always calm and this and that. I'm like, go talk to my wife. She'll tell you if I'm always level-headed and calm. Um, you know, there's a human side of us, but there's, what do we do with that? And I make it a teaching moment. Like, hold on, this is, but this is what I do to manage that. So it doesn't stick around. So it doesn't become part of my, my, I always say my neurology or my, my patterning or habits and things along I that nature. That. But yeah, yeah it's, I, Oh, God, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, I just love, I love that. Like I, I I'm going to actually use that phrase, go ask my husband if he thinks I'm always calm. Cause that is, like that hits the nail on the head, right? The people that live with us see us as real human beings, but the people who don't sometimes have a hard time with that. I remember Wayne Dyer was, I forgot where he was speaking or what, where it was from, but he was sharing a story of um, some same kind of thing, right? Everyone's like, oh, you're Wayne Dyer, you're this and that. And he goes, let me share a story. He goes, I was at home. We're getting up, I'm getting up, my kids are up and they're all eating. And he's like, long story short, um, he's looking for his keys and he can't find them. And he gets real frustrated. He's blaming one of his kids that they're the one that moved his keys. And all of a sudden, as he's doing that, he finds he remember he remembered. He goes, oh, I put it over here in a different. He put it somewhere else. And so all of a sudden, the kids are giving him a hard time. Mr. Guru, so and so getting aggravated. And he's like, two, two points to that story. Number one, I'm human. Everybody know that I get frustrated, angry, just like anyone else. Number two, he was like, the other part of the story is your children are going to be the, the, the biggest testers for you to keep you in, in the pace of where you are and who you are. <laughs> so, um, and when I heard him say that, because Wayne Dyer was a big, uh, you know, I, I loved him and all the work he's done. Um, it's one of those things where I'm just like, oh, he has, if, okay, he's going through that, then it's okay for me to do it too. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes that. we have to find the reasons why to be human. It's weird. Anywho, I digress on that. But so looking at then with, with the process of, you know, we're talking about the envying and the clarity journal and, and stuff like that. How is it for some people to, um, how does someone nurture a dream? Cause I think when you really go after your dreams or achieve your hopes and dreams while you're going after some things in life, um, how is it to support yourself in that? Because I know for myself, when I may have a huge ambition and I'm going to go out, um, you want it just to be nice, smooth ride. It never is, but you wish you're just, I'm, for me, I'm like, ah, maybe this next time we'll be there and it never is. But it's one of the things where 
Um, what are some things that, or things that you, you coach or help people with to keep moving forward to achieve that and so much more? I think one thing to recognize is that humans are a really bad judge of time. So pretty much everything we feel like we should be able to do quicker than we actually can. So recognizing that, recognizing that it is going to take a while and just being comfortable with that, being able to be mindful about that and really like embrace that as long as you are moving forward, no matter how slowly you're actually still moving forward and value that. I think it's really important to just recognize that the important part is to be on the path, whether the path is fast or slow, being on that path is so valuable and so nourishing. And if you can then also bring in self-compassion and just recognize that wherever you're on that path, that path is the goal. Like that path is is a big win just even being on it. So that way I, you can not beat yourself up. Then you can just like, be like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, you know, especially for people who have to have jobs at the same time that they're working on their goals. I think some, you know, a lot of times people have a dream and that job, that dream is not a job. And so they have a job and they have a dream and sometimes it's a little hard to juggle. And so I just say like, if you are on that path, that's fantastic. And then to really like evaluate the path every once in a while, but make sure that you don't try to change too much at once. Like if podcasting is a great example, we all know that there are, you know, a lot of people who start a podcast and then they do maybe seven to eight episodes And they let it go because it was like, oh, I'm going to be a hit. I'm going to be, you know, I I mean, overnight success by the seventh one. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a following. This is going to be great. And then, you know, it doesn't happen the way they want it to. I think someone told me that the average podcast only has seven episodes because so many people just quit after roughly that. And I think that's just important to recognize like, okay, if it's not working, you change things around the edges. Like if you're not getting the traction you want, then maybe, yes, you need to change a strategy, but you don't change the entire strategy. You don't decide one day you're going to be a podcaster and then three months later, that's not working. So now I'm going to go blogs. That's not working. Now I'm going to go TikTok. Like, and I think that because we're so focused on the end goal, it's easy to move from one thing or another or to not get started. Really, all of these are about perfectionism. And I think the best antidote to perfectionism is self-compassion. I love that. I, th- I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Self- self-compassion is a huge one on that. And it, you need that, especially in the beginning of the journey. I love how you said when you're on the path, that's the goal. As long as you're, you know, you're there, you're moving forth, you're doing it, and you're, you're, you're going in that direction in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I love that. So, Becca, how can people find the Clarity Journal? How can they follow with all the work you're doing and so much more? Yeah, you can find the Clarity Journal on Amazon, easy to search for. And you find me at BeccaRibbing.com. That's B-E-C-C-A. R-I-B-B-I-N-G. 
Becca, thank you so much for being on. This was a great delight to chat with, gain some clarity, and uh, get to know all that you're doing and sharing this with uh, the Mindful Experiment community and tribe. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.